Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson Experience here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got a tremendous hour for you as we're going to be joined in 15 minutes by the analytics capper himself, Albert Wynn. He does great work over at Action Network. We're going to be taking a look at how we got to the Super Bowl, and we're going to be diving into what to watch out for in the big game, how he is playing it, and just some advice in general for Taking a look at the big game, we talked a little bit about player props in our number two with the 2020 Westgate Super Contest champion, David Baker. A big thanks to him for joining me right here on the show. And this show is made possible by so many people that do work so hard behind the scenes because I'm referencing all the great guests that we've got. That is courtesy of two great men. Jason Kahn, my normal producer here on the show. He does a great job getting these all set up. And tonight we've got Dan the Man Miller doing a great job. Keeping me in line, which is not an easy job, and yet he is doing so with a smile. So I give him a lot of credit. He does absolutely amazing work. Every single one of the hours that we do here on VEASAN as well is available in podcast form. VEASAN.com slash podcast. You're also able to download these via the VEASAN Best Bets feed as well. Whether you like the Greg Peterson experience, Follow the Money, VEASAN Final Countdown, VEASAN Big Bets, list goes on and on. We've got you guys covered all there, and Sean is the man that posts all those up. We've got our technical director, Dakota. For those of you guys watching on YouTube TV, VEASAN.com, all the graphics that you're seeing on the screen, that is courtesy of our good friend Dakota. I know there are some watching out at the Circa Race and Sportsbook as well, so 
Yeah, you guys covered there. And then on top of that, we are now on Sports Map Radio, new for this calendar year, 2023. And Taylor is our audio engineer that is helping all of you guys out on Trustio Radio here so clearly as well. So a big thanks to all of them. They do amazing work. Now it's time for me to get to work. Try to find some winners on the college basketball board because Baldy Super Bowl, we're hoping that's going to be very profitable. It's going to be a great game, but we're not able to make money on it for two weeks. Meanwhile, we're able to make a lot of money on college basketball Monday. And here's a little bit of an additional pro tip as well. Do not neglect other sports as well because what you're going to find with a lot of these props as well is that there's a lot of Super Bowl props that they're multi-sport prop. I still go back to a few years ago. It was at Rams versus Patriots Super Bowl. There was a prop where you were betting on, I believe, the it might have been the specific team, but I think that it was something of the nature of total sacks in the game versus amount of goals scored by the Washington Capitals in a game against the uh, against the Bruins. I still remember it very well because... I took the over on the amount of sacks. I was laying a half a sack in it, and the, uh, I believe it was Washington Capitals. They scored zero goals in the game, so the bet cash was sack number one in the first quarter. So there are some of these that can be very profitable. They can be no sweat winners, and you get it from being able to gauge other sports. So don't completely neglect your other sports. There's a lot of things that you're able to bet on and win, and there's a lot of angles that you can find from gauging the NHL, NBA that are actually applicable to the Super Bowl as well. So you're able to get covered on two different fronts there. So just a little bit of word to the wise there. 875, 876 on the betting board in terms of college basketball front for this Monday. Texas Tech and Iowa State are going to be doing bad. A little bit of a nightcap in the Big 12 with Texas Tech being between a one and one and a half point underdog. Total on this game is between 129 and 129 and a half. And this is a very clear handicap for me. If Caleb Grill is out of the fold, then I'm thinking that he might be missing once again for Iowa State. It's Texas Tech on the money line. If Caleb Grill is back in the fold, I like Iowa State in this spot. With Caleb Grill, he is very important to this Iowa State team and just everything that they're looking to do in general. Personally, I think that Caleb Grill is not going to play because he did not play on Saturday in a 48-hour turnaround. That is very tight in this sort of an ordeal. And... I mean, the game that they were playing against Missouri, that was part of the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just cynical, but I thought that that was a very important game, and if he's missing that one, I think that he's probably going to be missing this one as well. So I do think that it is very important to be gauging that, but with that said, you do take a look at this spot in general, and I do think that it is going to be a very important game for really both sides in this one. With Texas Tech, you've got... A team that has not been able to win a single game in the Big 12, but they're coming off of a win in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. And you've got good versatility with the team. Kevin O'Banner was a part of that Oral Roberts team that was able to make the NCAA tournament and made a run in the Sweet 16. He's been the main scorer for the team with 15 points, is able to chip in their seven boards, is able to pop some threes. It's Texas Tech as a whole. They shoot 34.5% from three, and they're dealing with their injury concerns as well. Pop Isaacs currently out of the fold. He's a really number three score for Texas Tech. You've still got Davion Harmon out there. He's able to give you two steals, about 13 points per game. And both of these teams do a relatively solid job of being locked down on defense. So question about it, your more dominant defense is Iowa State. 
near in the top 20 nationally in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis. But keep in mind, with Caleb Grill injured slash out the last two games, they have given up 75-plus points in both of those games. So he is highly important, in my opinion, to this handicap. It is an Iowa State team as well. Number one in the country in ter- terms of turnovers force on a per possession basis. You've got a Texas Tech team as also deal with Fardos Amick being back out of the fold. In return for three games, he's back out pretty much, I assume, I'm out until further notice because he has just been all sorts of banged up this season. So it's a little bit of a loss. But Jalen Tyson, he's been able to do a solid job down low for this Texas Tech team as well. He's able to give you six rebounds per game. And it is a Texas Tech team that they need to clean up their 14 and a half turnovers per game going up against Iowa State. That is a little bit rough, but at the same time, it is an Iowa State team that they can be hit or miss from three-point range. Leave a little bit of something to be desired on the glass. So Shuno Shuni, he's much better than his nine points and four rebounds would indicate in terms of a raw box score. He does a lot for this team in general, but I do take a look at this ordeal, and assuming we don't get Caleb Grill out there for Iowa State, I'm willing to lean towards Texas Tech, and I do want to see the status of Pop Isaac as well, because if you get both Isaac and Grill in this game, I would still lean a little bit more towards Texas Tech, a desperation spot for them to be able to get a win. So I'm going to be gauging this a little bit more in the AM, but initially I've got Texas Tech as one and a half point favorite. Would be willing to take them at current numbers on the money line. And I think the total is just a tad bit too low. Iowa State with their injuries, they have not necessarily been as effective of a defensive team. Meanwhile, you do have a Texas Tech team that's right around one earth in terms of total possessions brain. So something total at 131 and a half. Current numbers looking at the over and looking at Texas Tech on the money line. Let's take a look at the Patriot League as well as this is one of the games from the Extra Games Board 306501306502. It is Colgate, and they're looking for a minty fresh cover against Loyola Maryland. Loyola Maryland currently a 17.5 point underdog. Totals between 137 and 137.5. I'm a little bit befuddled by this low total. Now, Colgate has come out and has been really good on defense recently, allowing 67 points for fewer in four out of their last five games. It's a Loyal Maryland as team that has been able to clean up a little bit more on defense. Loyal Maryland, bottom one team in terms of possessions per game. And Colgate, they're efficient, but they're not necessarily fast. This is the Colgate bunch, and among your 363 D1 teams, they're currently ranked 218th in terms of total possessions per game, so they're not playing at any sort of a breakneck pace. But that said, Colgate, the last time they played against Loyal Maryland, won, and I'm not kidding here, 101-67 as Colgate shot over 50% from three-point range. I don't think they get to 101 in this spot. That would be unrealistic. But this is a top-20 team in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. You've got all sorts of guys like a Tucker Richardson who's able to give you 15 points, five boards, five assists. Braden Smith chips in there 11 points, shoots over 40% from three-point range. Over Lynch Daniels last year among qualifying D1 players, was the top player in terms of three-point shooting percentage in the nation. He's shooting still north of 45% from three-point range this season. You've got someone like a Keegan Records that's able to give you 12 points. He does a solid job down low. Going up against a loyal Maryland team that they're not going to be able to exploit the main kryptonite of Colgate. Colgate can sometimes be a little bit soft down low. They've got a guy in Golden DK who was able to give you six rebounds per game, but that's about it. You've got Alonzo Barani who's able to give you right around five rebounds per game as well, but they're going to be really relying upon guys like a Cam Jones in the backcourt who's been able to give you about 11 points per game. Jalen Andrus as well. It's a Loyola Maryland team that they shoot about 34% for three and for Colgate. 
The defense has been significantly better in the last five games, but you still take a look at it for the season ends, but leaving something to be desired. 227th in the nation in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, and interestingly for Colgate, they're allowing 2.3 points more per 100 possessions when they are at home rather than on the road. I recognize that neither of these teams are playing at necessarily a breakneck pace, but if you've got a top-20 team in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis, that plays at a relatively decent tempo, and you've got a total below 140 involving a game in Loyal, Maryland that has been, quite honestly, pretty future with their defense as well. 277th in the country. There's points a lot on a per-possession basis. I set my total more around to 140. I recognize we're not going to get 100 points out of Colgate like we got the first time around, but I don't think it's far-fetched to think that they can get back to, like, 80 in this spot, so I'm going to be taking a look at the over. Now with Colgate, made them an 18-point favorite. 17 and a half is the absolute max I'm going to be willing to lay, but I'm willing to lay the 17 and a half with them. And then if you're looking for another little bit of spot when it comes to the extra games, I'll try to hit a few more of these when it comes to the final segment of the show when I re-rack the DKNH pick that I gave out in hour number two. But that said, taking a look at the Southern versus Jackson State game, I'm seeing that total between 147 and 148. I'm going to be diving under in this spot. You do have a Southern team that ranks at the top 30 in terms of total possessions per game, but both of these teams turn it over north of 14 times per game. I think that this could be a game that gets very, very sloppy. So I'll be taking a look at the under in that spot. But coming up next, we've got a great spot coming up because Albert Wynn, who does great work at Action Network, you know him better as the analytics capper. He's going to be joining me. We're going to be taking a look at the big game, what you're able to take a look at, and some betting angles on his end. Next on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O.
From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Great Peterson Experience is presented by Zenny's Bean Pouches, which is the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, if you're a smoker or dipper who's tried to make change, no one would blame you for thinking that newer nicotine products have one thing in common, that they do not work. Either they're too complicated to use or don't provide the satisfaction that you are looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you because unlike other forms of nicotine, Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free. Its upper lip pouch means that you don't have to spit, so dippers, you are able to throw away those spit bottles and smokers. You might be surprised to learn that Zen offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Zen is low profile enough to enjoy anywhere at any time. So you might be surprised at how simple and satisfying Zen really is. Find Zen online or find a store that is nearest you at Zen.com. That is ZYN.com today and a warning that this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Vison, the Sports Bank Network. Great to be joined by this man, Albert Wynn. He's over there at Action Network. You know him better as the analytics capper. He does an amazing job gauging so many different markets and has been so good on the NFL all season long. Albert, it's a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Hey, how's it going, Greg? Thank you for having me on the show. It's been a great NFL season. We still have one game left. Hopefully we get it right. Absolutely. It is a big game, and I do think that it's important to point out in these next two weeks, hopefully you look at more than just the Super Bowl because there's a lot of money to be made in other markets as well that – must be pointed out, but that said, let's take a look at how we got to this big game, which hopefully is going to be very profitable for both of us. And I feel like the biggest surprise that we did see was just the random fumble that we saw to Patrick Mahomes, because I do feel like the Chiefs were very clearly the better team against the Cincinnati Bengals. And for me, Patrick Mahomes looked a little bit better than I thought he was going to. I'm not sure what your expectation was, but I was pleasantly surprised by what I saw out of him. But that said, even with the Chiefs having that just blunder that we're never going to see again for Patrick Bones, that's like a one in a million sort of play. They still got the job done. And to me, that really showed the mental fortitude and just the toughness in general that the Chiefs have. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, when it comes to the Chiefs, it, it seemed like they were the better team uh, when you're looking at the eye test. Thankfully for me, from a betting perspective, the Chiefs were m- the biggest play for me all, all weekend long. I love them and the movement that was going, uh, you know, up and down all week long, depending on, you know, how Mahomes' ankle look in practice or, you know, during press conferences, how is he walking, things like that. I thought it was just a little overblown. Yes, he did look great only a few days after a high ankle sprain. Usually it takes three to six weeks to fully heal. We know he's not 100%, but we all also know 90% of Patrick Mahomes is better than most. And, he was awesome today. 
Um, he was able to get his team over the hump. The very, very impressive thing, Greg, is he didn't have any receivers. It was basically Travis Kelsey and a bunch of guys uh, that really just either made the practice squad or were fourth, fifth, sixth string receivers that um, he was able to get them over the finish line. The Bengals are, are, are a team that weren't, you know, they're going to be around for a while. Joe Burrow is the, is the truth. He's a real deal. And I think he, they just, again, it's an issue again this season, but they need to shore up that offensive line. I want to see Joe Burrow with a good offensive line with time in the pocket so he can really, really analyze the play because we know he is elite. And I'm so glad that you pointed out the fact that Joe Burrow really didn't have much of an offensive line because we did see the Chiefs defense really be able to bear down. They had five sacks in this game. They were able to do a very solid job getting a pair of interceptions. One of those, in my opinion, it was a long punt. I felt like Tony Romo was a little bit overreactionary being as critical as he was of that second interception because I think that that was more or less a bad play call. But that said, you had a Chiefs defense that came out and looked very strong on defense. And that's what I think is really going under the radar. It's a Chiefs team that... Ever since Andy Reid has taken over, they've typically been pretty putrid on defense towards the beginning part of the season, but they really round into form, and I feel like that's happening once again this year, and they're coming in to this Super Bowl playing their best defense. Yeah, the defense is a lot, much improved since the beginning of the season, like you alluded to. One really um, you know, telling thing is you look at the over-under record. This team is actually an under team. We think about Patrick Mahomes. We think about Travis Kelsey. Uh, even Isaiah Pacheco, you know, in an explosive offense, and they do have a really good offense. They average over 28 and a half points during the season, but they are eight and 11 on the on the total, right? More towards towards the under. So this has been an under team, especially at home. Um, I I've been kind of riding the under for a while now with this team. I, I think their defense is getting a lot better. They start four rookies in the, you know, in secondary and. When, when it comes to a rookie, when it comes to a 17-game regular season, a team is going to improve or a player is going to improve a lot from week one versus week 18, especially now in the Super Bowl. So you're seeing a team defensively getting healthier and getting better for sure. And I think this outlines a little bit of what we were both saying. You mentioned it. They played 11 unders to eight overs. They were four and three to the over in their first seven games. And they have played each out of their last three to the under and four out of their last five. So I do feel like we're in agreement there. And there's no question about it. The Eagles are playing some solid defense as well. Hard to have too many defensive takeaways from what we saw on Sunday, though. Let's call it what it is. The game would have been different if Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt. I still think that the Eagles were the right side. I still think that the Eagles would have been able to win. I think that they would have been able to cover. But I think that it's really hard to have sweeping sort of... I guess you could call it takeaways from what the Eagles were able to do against the San Francisco 49ers in terms of a defensive perspective, maybe a little bit more on offense because that is still the same San Francisco 49ers defense. They were dealing with an injury or two themselves, but that said, I think that just in terms of what we saw out of the Philadelphia Eagles, you give them credit where credit is due, but at the same time, I don't think that we should be putting a ton of weight in the state point, even though it did come in a big game. Yeah, that's back-to-back weeks where they blew out the opponent. 38-7 against the Giants. Um, third time meeting New York. A lot of familiarity there. Uh, but they basically just blew them out very, very early. The second half was a blowout, 
And then today, 31 to 7. So they've only given up 14 points in the postseason. It's going to be a much different story with a healthier Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to say he's 100% by the Super Bowl, but I think he's going to be a lot healthier. We'll see how his receivers are going to be in two weeks, but the Chiefs are going to be able to to put up points on this defense. It's really, in my opinion, Greg, it's going to be on Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts didn't really play well today. I know the score indicates uh, that it was a blowout 31 to 7, but a lot of that, actually, the majority of that is it just got away from San Francisco, right? Especially because Brock Purdy was out. Josh Joshin came in for a, for a bit, got concussed. Purdy returns, and he can't even throw the ball more than two yards, right? So it was definitely a, a very vanilla offense that the Philadelphia Eagles defense had to compete with. Going to be a much different story in two weeks in Arizona. With that being said, I think the Phoenix, or sorry, the Philadelphia Eagles are justified in being the favorites. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of line movement in the last couple of hours. They opened up as dogs. Some some had them opening up as a pick them. Now they're up to minus two. Some books have them at minus two and a half. Right now, I lean Kansas City, but I do understand why the Eagles are favorites, and I do understand why they're getting all the action right now. And do you feel like maybe both were a little bit overreactionary? Because I think that because I'm sitting here at the Circa Race and Sportsbook and also wonderful resort out here in lovely Las Vegas. And they opened up the Chiefs as a two and a half point favorite. I felt like that was a little bit too lofty. And the fact that we've seen a full five point move, it feels a little bit too far because I noticed in a lot of books, their look at number before this Sunday was the Eagles being a one point favorite if we did get this matchup. And that to me honestly feels like the right number. I'm not sure where you stand on that, but I thought they had it right all along. Yeah, I, I think being a one or two point favorite is the right move. I think it's just great for a fan right now, right? Because now we're going to get three straight games of very, very close competitive uh, when it comes to the line movement, right? It's only one, two, or even three points today with the Eagles ending at a field goal. With that being said, I it was crazy for me, Greg. So I'm here in Boston. I landed a couple hours ago when I was in the air the line moved five points by the time I landed. So when I landed, um, I, you know, I took a bet on the, on, on the, on the Kansas city chiefs. Cause I think the value is going to be with the underdog here. I think there's so much overreaction when it comes to the injury move. Um, Philadelphia again had back-to-back blowouts. So people are going to remember that a lot more. Um, I just lean the chiefs. We'll probably get into a lot more in the next segment, but I do like Kansas city right now. Oh, absolutely. Something that I'm going to be getting into with you in the next segment is whether or not to go money line or spread in this ordeal. Because one thing that I do know is that with the Super Bowl, last time we had a Super Bowl land on one or two was over 20 years ago. So we do notice that typically it's a three plus point game. We're going to be talking about that with Albert. A little bit of strategy for setting up your road ahead with player props and so much more. And we're going to be discussing that with Albert Win of Action Network next on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network.
If you're looking for an edge on the big game, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN cellists and guests, tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VSIN betting guides for the biggest games of the season, where our experts break down things like best bets, big game props, Long brackets when it comes especially to college basketball. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe today. Sign up for just $9.99. That is at vsin.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on vsin, the sports banking network, being rejoined by Albert Wynn. Does a great job. You know him better as the analytics capper himself over at Action Network. And Albert, right now, we're seeing this line in most spots. Being the Chiefs being a two and a half point underdog, they open up in some places where I sit at Circus High as a two and a half point favorite. And the question I pose to you right now do you take a look at the points or the money line? Because I personally do think that if you like the underdog in this spot, it would just be a little bit better to take a look at the money line if you had to bet it right now, obviously. There's two weeks ago. There's probably going to be quite a bit of line movement. There is no need to take this right now because this line is going to be marinating. You're going to be seeing it move all around. But if this would be a line that is right around two, two and a half on kickoff and you like the underdog, would it be better just to play the money line with how few games land one or two? Yeah, that's a great question, Greg. Um, you're right, though. This line is going to move up and down all week long. We still have two full weeks. There's going to be a lot of Mahomes videos and and uh, you know recordings of how he moves in practice and things like that. Early early professional money did go uh, on the Eagles side, but I would definitely err on the side of caution there. To answer your question, I'm most likely going to play both. Um, usually, when I'm on an underdog, I sprinkle the money line as well. But in this case, where the spread is so short, uh, you do want to focus on one of them. Me being, uh, you know, confident in my read and confident in my play, I would most likely do both here just to have double action here, uh, a little action junkie there. But with that being said, I, I, I still like the Chiefs right now. When we look at the season as a whole, these two teams have been the best two teams in the NFL all season long. Number one seeds on both respective conferences. They had the bye on the first week, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So I, I'm super excited to see these teams, two teams play. They both had elite offenses averaging over 28.5 points each, respectively. Philadelphia had the better defense, uh, you know, only giving up sub-20 points. And, I mean, the Chiefs weren't that bad either. They started off really poor, and Greg alluded in the segment before this, but they ended up with a defense that only gave up 21.53 points per game. That is above average for sure. Um, with that, with, again, with that being said, I think that we have the special player with Patrick Mahomes. We'll probably get to this in your next question uh, into why I lean the Chiefs here, but uh, I'm most likely going to do the spread plus three, especially if it gets up to three and a little bit on the money line as well. Yep, I do think that there would be a ton of value on a three because also while none of the last 20 Super Bowls have landed on a number below three, Seven of them have landed approximately on three. So I do think that that number of three is oh so important. And just taking a look throughout the week, what are you going to be gauging? Because I do think that it is very important to be checking in on Patrick Mahomes' status because I do think that good news could lead to the Chiefs becoming more like 
a one to two point underdog, something of that nature. Bad news, you could see that three pop up because we just saw it this last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think we're going to be seeing more of the same of what we saw in terms of Bengals versus Chiefs this past week. Yeah, a couple of things I'm going to look for are going to be how Jalen Hurts uh, leads that team uh, just through his interviewing process. Because we all know the Super Bowl is more than a game, right? When Super Super Bowl week hits, you have a lot of media responsibilities you have to do, a lot of uh, you know commercials, things like that, that you just have to uh, make sure that you and your team and your PR team has to have responsibilities uh, about. So it's more than just the 60 minutes of football. And I think where uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have an advantage here is they've been in Super Bowls very, very recently. They, this is their third Super Bowl in the last few years with Patrick Mahomes. So he's been there before. I know the Eagles won back in 2017, and there are still a couple of those players on this roster today. But for the most part, these guys are brand new to this stage, especially Jalen Hurts. And I think the road that they got here, took to get here to the Super Bowl, um, you could, I don't think it's far-fetched to say that it was a much easier path they played the, you know, the New York Giants who had an unbelievable year. Danny Jones had great improvements, but it's still the New York Giants from a talent standpoint. Philadelphia was way, way superior to the Giants in the divisional round, and they blew them out 38 to 7. And then today in the NFC Championship game, it was supposed to set up to be a really, really good team, a good game between two amazing elite defenses. And we saw that for about a quarter maybe a quarter and, and five minutes there, um, you know, but the Brock Purdy injury and in, in, during the first drive was just too much for the Niners to overcome. Um, they only had seven points the rest of the, the rest of the way after that injury. So um, the Eagles have landed on two back-to-back blowouts. And I think the Chiefs have been tested much more hardened. I mean, they played against a team that they had demons about, right? Like, I know no nobody wants to admit it, but after the game today, Kansas City was basically talking smack back at the Cincinnati Bengals. You could tell that, you know, the frustration and all the talk that was happening, you know, not only this week, but for the last year or two, uh, was really built up inside uh, of the Chiefs there. So the fact that they were able to beat the team that they've lost to the last three times uh, is a really big deal. I think them get it, getting over that hump and getting to the Super Bowl here in a couple of weeks, I think they're just a lot more battle-tested. And I think that that's such a good point that you do bring up because also with the Kansas City Chiefs, just the AFC as a whole, I felt like was better than the NFC this year as well. You had just more consistently good teams. You had the Buffalo Bills out there as well. You mentioned it with the Cincinnati Bengals being able to exact those demons. And coming into the year, we thought that the AFC West was going to be the best division in football. Obviously, the Broncos, that was not a good situation, to say the least. But the Raiders, I felt like, played a little bit better than their record. The Chargers, they were still a playoff team as well. So, certainly something to note on that front. And as we know, there's going to be a lot of player props. They're going to be popping up here in the Super Bowl. How do you gauge player props? Because I know that there are some that, if they think that a game is going to be an under they just pound like a whole lot of player props under. If they like a specific side, they just go with that entire script. And then there are those that try to diversify where 
if the spread just completely blows up, if you're on the Eagles and the Chiefs blow them out, that you don't have just a complete calamity of a night. How do you gauge this? Yeah, I'm I'm more I lean more towards the team of diversifying, Greg. And the way I put that is if the if the large part of your bet is gonna be on a side or a total, you wanna make sure that you have an organic hedging. You kind of want to build up, in my opinion, my mindset is you want to build a portfolio where uh, you're not going to lose everything, right? It's not going to be either all or nothing. I think, um, you know, it's all about the long-term profitability, even though it's just one game. If you just have the mindset of winning one or two, you can call them units at a time, you know, over the long run, I think it's going to be a lot more profitable for you. So for example, if you were on the under tonight in the chiefs Bengals game, you're mostly on the under yards or under uh, receiving yards or carries or things like that. Um, but it'd be nice to diversify that with maybe an anytime touchdown prop or maybe, a, you know, an alternate, uh, you know, alternate receiving yards prop, something like that. Just some plus money, um, you know, long shots there to help uh, even out the odds there for for me, I was I leaned the over in this game. I officially didn't play it, so I had a lot of over props. Um, but then I had uh, two or three under props that are very, very alternate spreads that uh, allowed me to, uh, you know, cover cover up some of those losses. Yeah, and something that I like to do as well is take a look at something that might not even be necessarily related to the spread. Something like amount of field goals kicked in the game, something like that. I always think that those are pretty beneficial, and you can find some nice handicapping advantages there. And, Albert, I know you do an amazing job handicapping so many things. You've done a great job on the football front all season long, and I know you dive into NBA when it's in-season, MLB, and so much more. Always appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you again, Greg, for having me on. I'll be in Vegas soon, so we definitely have to meet up and and have a couple of those beers. I know you're doing some beer tasting recently. Yes, absolutely. We're going to need to get some of my favorites out there. And Albert, he is one of my favorites on the show. He does a great job every single time. He ops aboard. He's terrific over there at Action Network. So big thanks to Albert Wim for joining me on the Greg Peterson Experience. And coming up next, I'm going to give you guys my picks for the college basketball front on Monday here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. 
Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSEN, the sports betting network. Winter sports are in full swing, and BetRivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a fan of basketball, hockey, or football, BetRivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions at BetRivers as it's a whole new game. This is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. Big thanks to Albert Wynn, who joined me the last two segments. Does great work over at Action Network, and a little bit of a programming note for you. Coming up 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, it is going to be Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard. They're going to be recapping everything that we got from Sunday to set up the big game. I'm sure that they're going to be doing their initial looks at the Super Bowl. No question about it. This is going to be a line that is going to be marinating within the next two weeks. And a lot of the props are just not out right now. Bookmakers are very, very hard at work. Designing a menu that is probably going to be, in some cases, as we were talking about with Dwayne Clucci in our number one, I think that he said that their player props page is going to be 19 pages long, so there's going to be a lot of ways to be able to dissect these. And, I mean, in terms of ways to be able to dissect it as well, visa.com slash subscribe for all of our pro tips. This is my pro tip for our number three. If you're someone that you don't handicap the NFL naturally, you can still make a bunch of money betting on these player props because a lot of the player props that you're going to find, or a lot of the props in general that you're going to find for the Super Bowl, player props probably not the best way of putting it, but a lot of the props that you find for the Super Bowl, they are cross-board props. So I remember last year, the Westgate Superbook, they were putting out just in terms of number of first downs versus the amount of games won in the NCAA tournament by Arizona. Whether or not you would find like more, there were a lot of things that were involving one games won in the NCAA tournament. I think it was receptions. It was receptions versus games won in the NCAA tournament by various teams. So there's lots of ways to be able to slice it. So if you're someone that you aren't necessarily naturally an NFL handicapper, you can still make a bunch of money on the Super Bowl and vice versa. If you're looking for just something outside of football to be able to fire in on. 
You can still fire in on the Super Bowl. We'll take a look at other sports as well. So I do think that that is something to keep in mind. And how about if we go into some other sports as we take a look at some college basketball? Because while the Super Bowl is going to be super exciting, we're going to have takes all throughout the next two weeks. Trust me, there's going to be no shortage of Super Bowl coverage, whether that be on this show, on this network, or sports media in general. You turn on the radio, you're going to be hearing a lot about the Super Bowl the next two weeks. There's still lots of money to be made in other areas as well, like in the Big 12 for college basketball. 873, 874 on the betting board. It is Baylor. They hit the road. They're facing off against Texas. Texas is back to be in between a 3.5 and a 4-point favorite. Your total on this game is between 148 and 149. This is basis of my DK Nation write-up for today. And the take that I'm going to be having is on the under. That is going to be what I'm going to be basing my write-up on. Semi-total more around at 145. And this total opened up at 151. We have seen it crater quite a bit. And rightfully so. Baylor is playing at a significantly slower pace. Baylor enters into this game on a six-game win streak. But we have noticed in their last five wins... They're playing at a pace of about five and a half possessions per game fewer than what we saw in their first 18 games of the season. Baylor has been playing at one of the slowest paces in all of college basketball in that span, and it's really helped them out as they've given up 69 points or fewer in four out of their last five games. They're doing a rock-solid job with their offense. They've ranked 12th in the country in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis, but you do notice that it also takes a little bit of a fall-off when they are on the road. They're scoring 10 and a half points fewer when they are in a roadside shoot court environment rather than when they are at home. And it is going to be a little bit tough for them to generate a bunch of offense against a Texas team that I recognize that they've had their defensive woes recently. They've given up 75 plus points in two of their last three games and three of their last five. And they had that, well, game that they would like to forget in which they gave up 116 points to Kansas State. But that said, they still rank 36th in the country in terms of points a lot under per possession basis and when their forte is his turnovers. They rank in the top 20 nationally in terms of turnovers force on a per offensive play basis. This is a Baylor team that they've been turning the ball over right around 12.8 times for contest. That's a little bit of an issue. You do have a good backcourt though, led by Keontae George along with Adam Flagler. Both of these guys have been able to combine for in that neighborhood about 15 or so points per contest. LJ Cryer also gives you about 14 points per game. Flagler shoots over 40% from three. George is able to chip in there. Three assists per game to Flagler's five. So these guys do a nice job there. And both of these teams, they look to rebound by committee. Nobody in this game averages more than 5.7 rebounds per game. Braylon Bridges a Baylor. He's your leader with those 5.7 rebounds per game. But what I do like about this Baylor team is that they do rank 26th in the country in terms of rebound rate. That should be able to help out with disallowing second chances and for Baylor, you've got five separate guys that average at least 4.2 rebounds per game. So they do a good job of being able to clean up the glass as a little bit of a collective. You've got a Texas team that is going to have a very prolific score out there in Marcus Carr. I still go back to a game that, he, that they played against Texas A&M Commerce earlier in the year, and he outscored that Texas A&M Commerce team all by himself. So he's able to get on one. It is a Texas team that they, as a collective shooting in the mid-30s from three-part range, they've been able to get a trio of guys to be able to help out Marcus Carr as well. as so you've got Sir Jabari Rice along Tyrese Hunter and Timmy Allen, all averaging between 10.1 and 10.6 points per game. All these guys will at least 2.2 assists per game with Allen along with Hunter combining for more around 6.5 assists per game. So they do a good job of really being able to get their offensive flow by committee. And for Texas, certainly has been a little bit of a slog for them. 
in terms of what they've been doing on the defensive side of things. But I do think that they're going to look to get back to their roots a little bit. Keep in mind that they've lost their coach in Chris Beard. He got canned midway through the season due to things that happened off the court. And that's about as far as we're going to go with that. But we do notice that now with their new coach in and Rodney Terry, they've been playing a little bit more of tempo. That's not necessarily Rodney Terry's MO. If you take a look at what he did, while he was at Fresno State, along with while he was at UTEP. He was never coaching up teams that were necessarily up-tempo, so I do think that we're going to see a little bit of shift there. So my right up here is on the under. So my total more around 145, and with Texas, I do think that they're going to be able to sap this Baylor win streak. I do think that the home court of Texas is going to reign supreme there, coming off of a loss that ticked them off, I'm sure, a little bit against Tennessee, and I do think that they come out with a better effort here. Willing to lay up to 3.5, with Texas set them as a four-point favorite and my write-up that is going to be centered around the under. Now let's take a look at a game that I think is going to be a lot of fun for Monday. 867-868 on the board. It is the Citadel and they play also Chicago State. Chicago State is a two-and-a-half point underdog with your total between 139 and a half and 140. Got a pair of teams that they do rank in the bottom one earner of the country in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis but we've also got Two teams that are playing at a little bit of a slower tempo. I did set my total at a 138. As a result, I'm going to be taking a look at the under. It is a Citadel team that is a little bit top-heavy. You've got two guys that are able to do a nice job of being able to chip in their production. Austin Ash, coupled with Stephen Clark, maybe they will combine for 31.8 points, just under 12 rebounds. You get about 4.5 assists out of these two gentlemen. And for Clark, he's able to give you 1.9 blocks per game. Ash is your main three-point shooter, shooting about 37.5% from three, but it's a circumstance where you don't have much else outside of them. You've been able to get about 1.8 steals per game out of Elijah Morgan, but nobody outside of Clark or Ash gives you more than 3.4 rebounds or 7.6 points per game. Chicago State is actually the better collective in this game. Now, I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to take the 2.5 with Chicago State. I did set them as a two-point underdog because it's a Chicago State team that has been traveling all over the place. They began last week playing against Coastal Carolina. They played a home game against a 91 school in Aurora. They also had to play midweek against Stanford, and they were able to do a good job in all three of those games. Two outright wins, and against Stanford, they were able to get a quality cover. So this team has actually been able to make you quite a bit of money recently going up against the Citadel team that they're in quite a bit of transition right now. As with the Citadel, they bring in a new coach in Ed Conroy. They've been playing significantly slower as a result. Typically, this was a Citadel team that was a top 40 team in terms of total possessions per game. Now they're outside of the top 200. So that is certainly something to take note of. And for Chicago State, they rank right around 300th in terms of total possessions per game, even though both of these teams lack a little bit of rough and tumble on the defensive side of things. You've got a pair of teams that... They are both shooting below 33.5% from three-point range as well. So I did set my total at 138. I'm going to be willing to dive under in this spot. And I'm going to be taking a look at the 2.5 points with Chicago State. Once again, that VEASAN pro tip for our number three is in terms of taking a look at player props or just props in general for the Super Bowl, take a look at some multi-sport props, especially if you're not necessarily a natural NFL handicapper like I myself. My forte is college basketball, so I'm going to be seeing what offerings are all, are all out there to be had, and hopefully I can find some good ones with regards to college basketball and the big game that we're going to be seeing. And speaking of big, 
What is coming up next is a big show, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Follow the money with Mitch Boss and Paul Howard here on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 